And welcome back to the Engage A podcast. Here joined on Wednesday by Robbie Elliott. We had some mishaps that uh, didn't lead to us having a recording a recording yesterday, but yeah. that still doesn't stop us. We still have opinions to talk about. We still got people to listen to it. So we're here. We're going to be here tomorrow as well, Thursday, giving you our preview for this weird week nine slate. But hey, college football just seems to be weirder. And we even have games on the agenda that we might not even get to. We'll see. We'll see how late this goes. We'll see how much opinions yeah. we have to talk about. <clears throat> This will get interesting, but jumping right into it, the big game that happened on Saturday at noon on Fox, Gus and Joel on the call. Ohio State beats Penn State 20-12. to Robbie, take this one away because I feel like you're a little – got something to say about this. You know, all I could say was going into this game, watching this game for so many years, this is usually a high explosion game. Just like high-powered offense is going toe-to-toe. That's not the case anymore. It's not the case for the Big Ten, really, besides Michigan. But the takeaway was that both of these offense, there's legit quarterback problems. Um, If Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't exist, Penn State literally wins this game by an ugly score of probably like 12 to whatever, probably 12-7, something like that. And Joel Klatt actually made a great point about why the – Marvin Harrison is and how they utilize Marvin Harrison is so it's so under talked about because they truly do utilize him to the utmost to the utmost potential of him and they do it in a way that isn't going to cause him to get hurt get cause him to get overused they called him uh he used the baseball reference called him their out pitch which is such a good reference we'll get into that in a second but the thing that I was correct about was is that these defenses not just Ohio State's but Penn State's too are so elite like so elite you can't fault the secondary of Penn State for giving up the amount of yardage they did to Marvin Harrison Marvin Harrison's gonna go down as one of the greatest high one of the greatest college football receivers of all time we'll see how he does in the NFL but he's obviously gets coached every single day by a legend of the game so you know he's gonna be <clears throat> this kid doesn't shy away from big stages his kids watch his dad play in Super Bowls like this is oh Robbie you cut out. But the last point to add is just like Ohio State actually showed they can coach well in a big matchup. I think this Penn State team is one of the better Penn State teams we've seen in the past five years. And so for Ryan Day to show a complete game plan, even when things go wrong, get ticked off when things were going wrong or when things were still going right and show that toughness. Like I'm going to give this Ohio State team a lot of credit. This is a good win. And this is a very good showing to show that your defense is truly elite and that, you know, Notre Dame wasn't a fluke. Because I do think there's highlights to this Penn State offense. Do I think Penn State played it well? No, but we'll get into that as we break down the game even more when I talk about, you know, the reference of the out pitch for Marvin Harrison and how Ohio, or Penn State doesn't use their out pitch, which I think is their two stud running backs. I mean, it was really tough to see, watch this game, honestly. Like, I got I got a little bored watching it. Yeah. Because uh, I was I was not much – I wasn't able to catch much of the games live on Saturday being in East Lansing for that game. But watching this game back, it's really tough. And it was really evident that both of these offensive lines are just not very good. Even with Penn State having Olu Fashanu, like, they were not able – they didn't pass protect very cleanly. Like, Aller was not able to get throws off that – even in the quick passing game, like he was still getting pressure generated on him. And both, neither of these teams were able to run the ball. It was really tough watching, you know, 
having Ohio State, and I get it. You don't have Travion Henderson. You know, Chip Trainum, you know, your big, burly, you know, third down, third and short back. He's probably not at full health. You got Devin Brown that goes down during the game as well, which he's been really effective in the red zone. This game was just tough, man. And obviously, Marvin Harrison's the highlight here. You don't have Emeka Abuka either, your tandem, but I think Cade Stover and the rest of the receiving court, some young guys like Carnell Tate. And yeah, I was Brandon, I was, Ennis, Brandon and, Ennis. Like <laughs> this, this receiving room, like no doubt about it, one of the most talented. Yes, McCord's not the greatest, but I, I think he's playing better. He looks better to me every single week. And that's something you really just mm-hmm. want to see from a guy like this. Defensively, both these teams played really well. And that's kind of what the vibe of this game really going into it. It's kind of how I felt about it. I thought this was just going to be a lower scoring, you know, mm-hmm. I thought the better defense was going to come away. And I think the better defense came away with this game. I, I think would agree. I, that's really my true, it's my true evaluation of it. Mm-hmm. There's just, and they didn't even have Denzel Burke and Ohio state right. was able, still able to get it done, which, defensively they haven't been able to do for a significant amount of time probably since chase young left so yeah i think as penn state looking at penn state and how they decided to attack they did not do this in a way of it was not a balanced attack and that's where i just was so confused because you have to take the ball I'm not saying that Aller is not a great quarterback and doesn't have the potential to be, because I really do think this kid's going to thrive in the Big Ten. But he's in the shoe. This is the first time he's played this game. I get it. He was there when Clifford was there. But even then, the stakes weren't as high. This is a college football playoff game, especially with the news leading up to the week, knowing that there's a possibility Michigan – I mean, it's a large what-if, but – this Michigan really could get taken out of this conversation. And then the big 10 could literally be between these two teams. So to think that <clears throat> they really said, Aller, take this game. Like it shows the trust in the kid, but I just don't understand the mindset behind that. You have two absolutely great running back, like Middleton and um, what's the other kid's name? Okay, try to Allen. Yes. Both those kids have big playability run hard, they average great yards per carry, and this is a run defense that is that is good, but I think if you come at them with a balanced attack and, you know, exploit the fact that they don't have Brooke, or that they don't have Burke in the secondary who is their best cover back, but then also be able to show, hey, because the run is what sets up Aller. You can't expect Aller to set the tone of the offense, not at this level. This is a huge, this is a tough environment to play in, huge stakes for a young kid. And we just – he hasn't shown that ability all year. So I just – I didn't understand the attack. But once again, I agree with your take because Ohio State does have the better defense here. The Ohio State is a mo- the most complete defense I've seen them have since the days of Bosa and Young. And, like, those defenses were very complete. But this is beginning to show that it's at that level. I don't think there's those big superstars, but they play as one cohesive unit. Yeah, and Penn State – they did a terrible job of getting their run game to the second level. And that's partial mm-hmm. to blame on the offensive line. But yes. if you can get guy, if you can get your 300 pound guys on Eichenberg and chambers, the linebackers on Ohio state haven't been great at getting off blocks all season. Right. And that's something they just failed to exploit. They went to Aller way too much. This is a kid who 
has not really had to play in a big time game nor like Kyle McCord. Yeah. He has a big time game under his belt. He's a little bit more comfortable helps that he's at home as well, but he also got it done on the road too. Mm -hmm. So now McCord's just proved giving more and more game experience. Aller doesn't have that big game experience. Right. And you have him throw 42 passing attempts. Like that just makes zero to little sense. It's not like if your passing game, like if you had 300 yards at like 25 attempts or something like that, like, yes, keep going to your passing attack, but you're not down big in this game whatsoever. Like there is never a point where this wasn't going to come away. And I think a crucial point in this game was having Kalen King on that holding on the outside on Marvin Harrison, while that scoop and score, like that could be the difference right there. We could have this being an overtime game. But, if it's 20 to 20. But, but you got to understand, too, Kalen King, he kind of has to do that, man. Right. He, no, but this – That's this how is, good Marvin this, Harrison is. This is going to get to my point. In games like this, the little things matter so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. The repetition, knowing what you're going against, your schematics, you know, your preparation for the game, what you think – what everyone's job has to be. That was just poor. I think it was just poor execution at every level from Penn State. They let Especially the moment the- get so big, and it's just like you. They were in control. They were in the driver's seat. To be honest with you, yeah. And I and I don't mean that in terms of like score or anything, but you are witnessing that Ohio State can't get the big play. The big play did not happen on either side. But to know that you can limit the big play and that they're going to have to go to the short passing, that's a moment in time where you just. You let them get five yards, but you let you keep everything in front of you. And they were playing that perfectly. But offensively, it's like get Allen and Middleton going, man. Just win. Keep the ball out of McCord's hands. Keep the ball out of Marvin Harrison's hands in terms of not, you know, literally when he's on offense. But keep the ball on your own. Like, keep, keep offensive possession. Control the possession time. And that's how you win these games, these games that are just going to be defensive showdowns. And that's what it was. But I – it really makes me begin to question the legitimacy and just the actual like coaching ability of James Franklin and this Penn State staff. Like, I really think this kid can't, this guy can't win the big game. It, We've seen it time and time. Like, they've had every opportunity to beat this team too. Like, they've had the opportunities on way better Ohio State teams to beat these guys with way better quarterbacks at the helm, and they just seem to never be able to do it. It's it sucks. It sucks to watch because every year we seem to talk about Penn State and like they have these one or two really, really good players like they did in Barkley and they did in, you know, even kids like, uh, oh, my gosh, Parker like, Washington, like, yeah, Steve Parker Hager. Washington, Jahan Dotson. Yeah. Uh, who's the other kid that got drafted from this area? Um, he never tra- panned out to be anything. Went to the Broncos. Oh, my gosh. Where's number one? Uh, KJ Hamler, like okay, that yeah, kid yeah, was yeah. a big play. That guy's a big play guy. Like, and then even Kalen King on this defensive team. And right, I mean, even Chop so Robinson's many... going to be a guy. Singleton and Allen yeah. are going to be probably be yeah. professional running backs. Like, this is this is a team with a lot of talent. They got a lot of talent across the board. Michael it's Parsons, just, like, yeah. How can we forget about that kid? Yeah, and these like, kids just never got to play in the big games. It's what we're seeing with Caleb Williams too. It's just like you want as a fan to see these guys play in the biggest stage, and. The coaching is – it's the coaching because, like we just said, we just named off so much NFL tam- talent, legit NFL talent. These guys just can't get it done. I think that's uh, – I think that keeps it very – I think that's just a good way to go out. And, yeah. our thoughts and, and to be – the last point I'll make is I think both of these teams have a lot of holes in their, t- in their like – 
in their teams, but I think Penn State, you more have to worry about them getting – I mean, I get it, it's at home, but, like, I truly think Michigan could dominate this team because that's the next big game for both well, of these yeah, teams. Well, yeah, and Michigan's going to know all their signals too. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, you can let these rip. We don't know that. We don't know if they know this year's. But anyways, yeah, but with Ohio true. State, it's like you actually don't know if there is as big of holes in this team as there is because even if you want to talk offensively, like what if Travion Henderson comes back and plays at his level? What if Abuka comes back and then that actually opens up the big playability for Marvin Harrison where he doesn't have to do so much of the you know hard run after the catch type stuff? I think Ohio State is in a pretty good spot. I would actually be very content as a fan right now knowing that you were able to slip away with that win off very good defensive performance and just a couple big plays from Marvin Harrison. But with if I was a Penn State fan, I'd truly be worrying about the future of this team because, honestly, if this leads to James Franklin getting maybe fired, maybe let go of They're not going to fire him just yet. His buyout way too big. I, I hear you. It's maybe not so much a worry about Franklin leaving. Maybe not so much a worry about Franklin leaving, but a lot of players losing their trust in him yeah. and seeing guys like, like, do we see Aller go to a bigger school that has a better job opening that is going to put him in the ability, put him in the place to play in these big games and prove himself and actually develop at a to an NFL talent? Because that's the other thing. The Big Ten doesn't get easier after this year. Yeah, like the the teams might weaken some of these things, but the addition of the Pac-12 teams, man, you just wonder. It's like it's gonna thanks. be it's gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out and Absolutely. who's gonna we're enter getting, the transfer portal. Exactly, we're getting we're getting into our second favorite season, yeah. and that it goes college football season, regular season, and playoffs concluded, and then it's the transfer portal. Season. And then it's March Madness, and then yeah, the summer gets very boring. Anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What to expect with Texas now that Quinn Ewers is out. They sneak away with the win against Houston, a little controversial there at the end. The spot's different. We might have seen an upset from Houston, which has been a team that's been very up and down this season. What – I guess how to ask this way, how valuable is Quinn Ewers to this Texas team in your opinion? We saw it last year in the Alabama game, but then we saw him come back and we kind of questioned it. But then again, you also had to remember this kid was 18 years old, big stage, right? He didn't really have a lot of football experience. He hadn't played a lot of football in the past two years. This year, this kid is the most valuable player on that team. He has emerged as a leader completely. Like this is night and day compared to the kid we saw last year. He is more mature. He makes better decisions. He performs when the spotlight is on him. So for Texas to lose this kid, and not only that, but the guy that they have to go to, I think Malik Murphy is a very is a good college football quarterback. I don't know about Arch Manning. I don't want to give any takes on him because there, I really don't have anything to base it off of besides the fact that his last name is Manning. But Malik Murphy cannot get this team to the playoffs. Dude, does he have the pieces around him? Sure. But once again, back to my point, back to your question, Quinn Ewers provides more value to this team on the field in terms of not just play, but his voice and his ability to rally these guys, get like guys get behind this kid. That right there is going to take a step back. That we're going to see how valuable he really is when Malik Murphy has to take over a full game, especially 
because as all the reports I've read from Pete Thamel, there is no timetable for for return. He's possibly done for the season. And this team is a Big 12 championship to go win and a possible playoff spot to secure. And you just look at this and you're like, this is exactly like any other kid goes out. I still have faith, but Quinn is that valuable. I mean, maybe if Jonathan Brooks goes out, I don't know. I think he's also true, very, true. very valuable asset on this team. I but agree. My assessment is, is that Malik Murphy got a lot of hype and a lot of people thought like, hey, this kid should be starting at a different school that, you know, also could be competing for a conference, maybe even a national championship. Yeah. This guy, he's, how do I put this? He's got Joe Milton energy to me. So exactly what I was going to say, Joe Milton energy, but I actually almost wanted to redo that and say maybe he's got hooker energy, Hendon Hooker, because there's I think his potential is – I think he could flash the ability to actually be a good passer, but – or at least be a good runner and have some dual threat ability. Maybe Milrow is a great is a better comparison than Hendon Hooker because Hendon Hooker actually had success, and we're seeing Milrow start to get into his own. Yeah. But the Joe Milton comparison right now is accurate because right. and he's I a mean, ball of potential that has got the most upside in terms of physical let's, ability. And let's see. I, yeah, I'm very excited to see how Malik Murphy plays, right? Because he's a guy that in the spring game, like I said, a lot of buzz. You argue that he could be starting for a like for an Oklahoma State or a team of that caliber, right? Right. Like right now and. I'm very excited to see how it gets utilized because Texas's schedule, like it's not necessarily like something you really like have to be like, oh my gosh, like they they have a tough game against Kansas State, which that will basically determine as long as they finish out the rest of their schedule the way they're supposed to, mm-hmm. to see if they're gonna be in the Big 12 championship or not. Yeah. And I think I think the schedule actually plays perfect to this because the question that we actually have on the screen is what does Texas look like without Quinn Ewers? So this gives them a great opportunity to figure out Malik Murphy without probably getting punished for it. And what I mean by that is figure out what how he works and how he fits in this offense. Do we have to let him run the ball to set up his ability to pass? How do we get this kid confident? How do we how does he how's his chemistry with our starting receivers? Because you know they get that in practice, but once again, when you're thrown into the game, man, everything looks different, everything feels different, guys are running at different speeds. So, how is his chemistry with AD Mitchell and Xavier Worthy? They have kind of a schedule that just lets them almost like a preseason for the kid. Like a very bad non-conference because what you could put it, you could compare it to. And they're gonna have this ability to do that. And like you said, as long as they beat Kansas state, they're going to have an opportunity to win the big 10 or the big 12 conference championship, which then would throttle them right into the playoff. It's just, is this kid, does he find this rhythm in four weeks? Does yeah. do they figure him out in four? Do, how do, how does he actually play? Like, it's just, there's so many question marks. Is this kid as good as we think he is? Like, we're gonna we're gonna be able to answer this question really good. This question specifically, really good in like probably after the Kansas State game. I'd, I'd say give it two or yeah. three weeks. And but, I mean, maybe because we like I said, there's no timetable recovery on Ewers. Maybe he's back. I wouldn't say by the Kansas State game, but by right. the time the season's over and they're going to play for. And that's ball. such a good point too, because knowing the competitive nature of Quinn Ewers, if this kid can feel the shoulder, I, I, is it throwing hand? 
Uh, is it, or it's is it the left? same injury that he had last year. That's yeah, and I don't remember which one that was. I actually want to look that up. But either way, this kid's competitive nature is truly something that is really high on what a lot of NFL scouts when they look at him and they put on their on his draft board. So, in terms of saying that. This kid, you know, they, he sees, okay, Texas is in a position where we can win and, you know, maybe Malik is not – they're just slipping by. Yeah, you see this kid suit up. You see this kid try and make a comeback. Yeah. Now, Malik Murphy's maybe, fine. He probably steps back and says, okay, because remember, this is his draft year. Right. Unless. Unless. I don't I, know. It, you actually wonder. I actually really wonder. Because you – no, because this is a legitimate question. NFL scouts, they don't want to draft an already – prone to injury quarterback right this right. is this the is second the same time. shoulder yeah and this is something that's actually here has me very curious will he stay for his fourth year if he's out for the whole season because yeah it's not like he's gonna go any higher by sitting out with an injury right and there's oh. plenty of other very good quarterbacks coming into this draft class that we actually i think everyone's stock has tanked a little hit a little bit except for jj mccarthy's and we'll right. we'll get into that funny business but no, seriously, like, and this would also lead to me, like, if Uwer stays, I would really like to see Malik Murphy because I think in a system that he has the keys to, like, you give him the Lamborghini and give him the keys, only knows what oh, he's going to do with it. Because Malik Murphy, he's he's got the promise. He's got exactly. he's got the arm, too. Like, people don't know he does have the arm. Yes. Physical I, ability. The, the, little, the little bit I've seen, I really like how he moves in the pocket. He's mm-hmm. very – He's very, I guess, not – he's athletic, right? But he, he just looks under control. Yeah. It's not wasted movement. You know, you watch guys like Milton. You watch guys like Milrow. They, there's a lot of wasted movement. There's a lot of, like, panic too. Now, yes, we only really have seen this kid in spring games and in garbage time. But I, I personally think he could trans- – He could. this could all transfer very well. However, it's just be, like you know, how is if, if McCord and Devin Brown don't figure it out, is this a kid that we see? This is what I'm saying. This kid, this is only a I mean, obviously, if he plays bad, but I really think with the way the schedule sets up, the opportunity he's going to be given, the weapons around him. Remember, this kid isn't just walking into an offense that you know you're just like, gosh, like, you're going to have to. There's weapons. Like, he's got it, yeah. great weapons. Javion Sanders, Xavier Worthy, Jonathan Brooks. Baxter exactly. is another great Mitchell, like it's just Yeah, like, this, dude, is, this is this is a loaded offense with a good offensive line, too. Let's yes, and this is the that. perfect situation for him, man, because even if, like you said, like the hypothetical theory is, or the hypothetical situation is Quinn Ewers sits out and he's out for the season and then, okay, he comes back. Now it's like, all right, well, I showed my talents. I showed that I, you know, could play well in those four games, maybe even performs well. It doesn't really matter if he gets the win or not because that's all doesn't decide on him. But plays well in the Big 12 championship. Now it's like, yeah, what team needs his talent? Where does he go in the portal? Does he go to a team like Ohio State? Does he go to a team like Michigan if their quarterback leaves? Like, does he go? Who knows? Like, who knows? Does he go to one of the Pac-12 teams? Or the Pac-12 transfer? Does he go to a team like Auburn even? Like, Auburn needs a quarterback. Like, there and that's just the realm of possibilities. Like this kid form. is going to get the keys if he plays well in these four games. Wouldn't it be crazy if he went to Oklahoma though? Dude, is that a, that's like a cardinal I'll, sin? Dude. That's a cardinal sin though, man. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens with all. He get his head taken off in that next Red River showdown. 
he'd uh he'd have the lincoln riley disease in that game oh. so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kidding hope, hope you feel better lincoln uh, i really hope everything yeah. is all going well there all right let's move into another game alabama tennessee very disappointed how tennessee got the lead in that game and then they ended up just not being able to handle it i guess i think that's the best way to put it alabama was i mean they alabama they get a defensive touchdown in this game mm-hmm. but still i'm just tennessee is just a big disappointment this year right it's such a disappointment man because they were they were must watch tv last year must watch tv oh yeah like it was i've never had more fun watching an sec like that was one of the most fun sec runs i've seen in a long time like, just high-powered offense. Guys, like, dude, Jalen Hyatt was one of the most fun receivers to watch, especially in that Alabama game. And, like, to be more specific, that game, like, was so exciting. Yes, this game was high-powered offense, and it was fun, but it's just, like, to see Tennessee just fall apart, like, it wasn't like they were just – it was a back-and-forth battle. Like, Tennessee was winning this game handily. Handily. They were up one point, what, 20-7 to seven at half? And then they scored seven. They gave up 17, 27 unanswered, actually. They gave up 27 unanswered points in the second half. Watch Jalen Milrow possibly have one of his best games. And this is not to discredit to Joe Milton. Because. Yeah, no, Milton. Milton Milton played played great. Yeah. Milton had, like, I think he had over 330 all purpose yards. Yeah. He had 60, about 60 rushing yards. And then, yeah, he had 330 actually on the dot. Yeah. It's like, dude. I mean, Milton didn't play great in the second half, but no. And his offensive line really, like, I think they just thought they had this game in cruise control and didn't think Alabama had the firepower to fire back and score all these points. And that's something, like, we haven't really seen that from Alabama. Right. At all, all, Which all is this what season. the question I want to present. But I think actually. it just proves that this Tennessee defense, like, they're really not that good. No, it's not good at all. And like yeah. you just said, they, I think you were hitting the head on the nail with this whole notion that Tennessee basically said, maybe this team, like, we have seen, we watched this team. They're not very good. They lost to Texas at home. They, they're doing uncharacteristic Alabama things. And then we saw Alabama come back, like Alabama show up, like just capitalizing after capitalizing. So my question actually is, is this a dark horse college? Like, is this a team we could see in the college football playoff? My only problem is Alabama doesn't play complete games. If you watch every single Alabama game this season – and we'll see if they – because they're going to have to play a complete game next week. There's no doubt in my mind. Or mm-hmm. not, yeah, not next week, but two weeks. They have a bye week this week, but two weeks from now, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to play a complete game, Absolutely. and that that's one thing that concerns me. Can this offense put a complete game together against a competent team? Right, we mm-hmm. we haven't seen it against Texas A and M. Didn't see it against Arkansas. Kind of saw it against Tennessee a little bit. We saw a really good second half, right? And I think that cleaned up for the stuff in the first half, but. Jane Daniels and that LSU offense is going to score points against Alabama. There is no doubt in my mind. Jane Daniels, like. But this is going to be the LSU, best defense oh, Daniels has faced. Right. But this. Trust me, I'm not. Jane Daniels is on an absolute different level right now. It's not going to matter who you put in front of him. Yeah. 
I think, like, seriously, if LSU, if they can complete their schedule out, make an SEC championship, be 11-2 and two going into – Selection this Sunday. Two, this is the first two lost team. This, this would be the team, and I honestly don't know if they get it done because I don't think like one thing that that's I'm, what I was just gonna talk about too is we're about to really see the SEC and actual we're about to see what the SEC is like. Like we, we see we see the Pac 12 and everyone beating up on each other, but the SEC, other than Georgia, is doing the same thing to each but other. But Georgia is Georgia really and we're gonna get into this. We're gonna we'll we get into that. Yeah, yeah. Like we'll know. We'll we will know. know who Georgia is very soon, and it's very intriguing to watch, in my opinion, because. But if we're talking about out pitches, they got the best one in the country, yeah. and that kid might be done. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, but if you get past LSU, like the schedule's very favorable. You got Chattanooga, or sorry, Kentucky, Chattanooga, and Auburn. Like, yeah, Auburn's a rivalry game, but. I Auburn, they had one good game in my opinion. I don't actually they did give Ole Miss trouble. I think Ole Miss just is the Texas of the SEC in terms of playing co- down to competition. Yeah. My I guess my assumption of this game is Tennessee's really not that good. And Alabama, they're one of those teams, and Nick Saban has been like on the record saying this and everything. He loves coaching this team because there is a sorts of a progression, and we've seen it with our mm-hmm. eyes. There's progressions throughout these teams that I, we're really liking and starting to see. I'm really like, I'm really intrigued if this team is an SEC championship. Like, can they too. be Georgia? Can they be Georgia? This, like, they have. If they had a better running, if they had better running backs, honestly, I'd say like yes, completely. But absolutely, that I think it's one of the weakest points on this team, and that really concerns me because against a team with a strong front seven. And they actually can cover, which this Tennessee team they have its decent front seven, but they're not they're not going to cover. For yeah, it's. <laughs> I love that you noticed that comment though, because truly you want like you watched we've watched Nick Saban's team for the past gosh however long this dynasty's been, too and long. <laughs> you almost wonder it's like, I mean obviously those guys need to be coached, they need to be developed, but these kids, some of these kids have come in, man, and just been absolute superstars, and they're getting right. better because sharp iron sharpens iron, and just the players around there are making better. You wonder if Saban, this is kind of like a breath of fresh air for him. This is kind of like a relieving type experience because he's he really does. It, we are truly like putting his test. These guys, this group is putting his coaching ability to the test because these guys do need more coaching than the last couple teams. Like Jalen Monroe needs more coaching than Bryce Young. And so just the talent isn't all there. It's not, they're not as ready, right? And we are seeing, like you just said, this team slowly progressed. This team slowly developed, getting hot at the right time. So what this game's all about, man. If you can survive the days of when your team is just figuring it out and you can rack up those tough wins against teams that you probably shouldn't be struggling with, but you are because your team is at that point where they're just not hitting their stride yet. Getting hot at the right time, especially right now, that's what like Saban's got to be losing his mind because he's always talked about, and not only does he love this team, but he loves this defense. He said this is one of the best defenses he'll ever coach. He's ever coached in terms of just like complete cohesive units, and if he can get this offense figured out, these wide receivers starting to get hot, and hopefully somebody emerges in the run game. And honestly, I see that if – 
if I don't know, I'm not the coach, but if I was a Benny man, you have to think Jalen Murrow is really going to start getting involved in this run game with the lack of just productivity from the running back. So yeah, and it's it's a cool time because I, this Alabama team would be fun to watch make a run at this at Georgia and the playoff. Yeah, and I think honestly, like there's a lot of young guys in the receiving room on this team, and they've been able to develop as well. Offensive line starting to look better and better each week too, which is something that we were really concerned with this Alabama yeah. team. But I think it's just shows. Caden Proctor, man, as a freshman starting tackle, like dude, that kid yeah. is unbelievable. He's going to be he's going to be a first rounder, no doubt about it. Yeah, and I think that I mean every offensive line's just other than like Oregon and Michigan has like kind of sucked this year to begin with. So yeah, sure. I think, I think this is just a year of defensive studs and we're going to see a lot of guys just drafted yeah, in this. This is going to be year. like that, that draft where Walker and Hutchinson went one yeah. and two, like just defense, like generational type. But this is also, there, there's a lot of talent on offense. It's just, I think just defensive coordinators are getting, getting smarter and maybe they're just knowing the calls more, but <laughs> here we go fire them away hey, i walked i set myself up i tossed it up to you just having the michigan stuff in the yeah. background i'm gerald stuff. green with the alley-oop anyways yeah, exactly. uh exactly speaking of next we got utah usc this game was actually a treat to watch i was very Such a treat. i was very impressed by, by the farm boy and bryson barnes that was a great comment by kyle winningham <laughs> but it was did you see that it was like they have a heisman we have a farmer oh, <laughs> i'm gonna it's take great, my... <laughs> man I, I love utah and i love that game day's going there too because dude this team really is oh yeah no this team super talented i don't think they match up well with oregon but i'll get into my thoughts on that tomorrow but regardless the game that they played on saturday at the coliseum this utah team dude. they're <laughs> Entert- this was so this is weird because you don't expect Utah to be an entertaining team. Utah was entertaining on Saturday. Yeah, more entertaining than this USC. Notre team. Dame. Let's just put, let's just shout out you Notre Dame. You broke Caleb Williams. This kid is broken. He doesn't know what he's doing. This kid's throwing passes, man. And the ball's not even coming out. I don't know yeah. where this kid's head's at. I don't know what like. Well, okay, it doesn't help that no one wants to block on his team. No, right? like that's what I'm saying. When I say that like, he broke him, I'm not saying like, oh, this kid's not. They broke, he's, they ta- broke he's talented him. enough, but like his team broke him too. Like this yeah, line I don't think, broke him. His I think he's just him. realizing that like maybe maybe this is just a this was the wrong decision. Maybe I should have stayed at Oklahoma. Yes. Maybe I shouldn't have followed Lincoln. And yeah, you can say that. He might never ever regret. He Lincoln's probably developed this kid to be where he's at today. So that's that's a testament to Lincoln's I don't know. quarterback. He's a five stars number one in his class. You wonder how much raw talent did this kid actually have? That yeah, but we saw him as a freshman at Oklahoma. He was nowhere near perfect. Like no, 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 no. He and it also helps having Addison and Mims and all the guys he had. Yeah, no. I mean, he's like got team. guys on this team that are going to be oh, professional receivers. Branch, Washington. I mean, both those Singer. guys. Singer. Yep. Williams. Like, yeah. yeah. Like there's so many guys. It's I just, think this is just a misutilization of USC's run game. And yes, they don't block up front the greatest, especially in the red zone. But Marshawn Lloyd is one of the most talented running backs in the country. And we saw him get misutilized at South Carolina too. And, but this kid... Like 
he's only getting seven carries. It pisses me off because this just is like, I get it. Utah's like front seven, like they're just a flat out, very good defensive team. And there's just Mm -hmm. nothing. There's just no argument against that. USC struggles on offense and you don't glean on your ground game at all. You continue to force Caleb Williams, which I get it. He's probably the most talented quarterback in the country, if not top three. But you keep Absolutely. going to this kid when he's already broken and winding right. down, and he's it's got like a lot he, of. It's like you wonder, do these guys realize that he is human? Like he does probably have. We see it in the we see it in the NFL all the time. Like Justin Fields gets hurt because he's just being used so much because right. he is literally. That's the, the path this kid is on. Like yeah, no, he is because on... they think he's superhuman. And and, but like... Justin Fields, like. At least he had success in the postseason. Like, <laughs> but no, like, or at least, well, he got there and he won a game as well. But this, it's actually very comparable, especially because uh, Justin Fields, I mean, yes, there was defensive guys on there. But I don't know. USC's defense, like, you do not need to be allowing 34 points to Utah. Yeah. You literally had a safety coming in at running back, expose you with your pass defense and your run game along with the Quinn to Jackson. Like, this, I mean, this Utah's a very good team. Whittingham, one of my favorite coaches. This is probably my favorite team to follow in college football other than Louisville, right? Which that's gonna I be a fun you're... game. Fun game. I thought you were about to say this is your favorite. I was like, whoa. No, no, no. no. The cards already fell off. No, the cards have not fallen off. They <laughs> they won't fall off for the rest of the year. I'm still no. gonna be a believer. They're they're a bull team. So that's something I can't say about, you know, that behind me. But uh <laughs> anyways. I just I don't like watching this USC team as much as I did probably three weeks ago. I don't have high of opinions. Like I don't think this team should be ranked by any means. Like their best wins against Colorado or Arizona. And while I do believe Arizona is better than the record shows, that's you think USC a, deserves to be unranked? Yeah, for sure. It's hot take. It's hot take. I, what I, have I, they not, shown? What have they shown? No, it's true, man. Because. Now you really understand, like, the question comes out about, well, what is this team without Caleb? We see it. It's, yeah. This, they showed it. This, this would not nothing. Seriously, like, this team would be fighting for a bull spot. Like, their win total would be six and a half probably if they yeah. didn't have Caleb Williams. It like, shows that kid, and they still can't – like, this is how bad this team is. They place the best – like, like this is, like, the whole conversation. If we took a mediocre team and threw the – best player on it what would they look like this is the example and it's like they're so bad that, that they throw the best player on and they can't even get it they can't get I don't a conference think championship this is, and they can't get to a bowl or they can't get to a playoff i think there is some talent though that's really good on this team i think the skilled players on offense like are very yeah, not, yeah, they're yeah. not they're not the best skilled players in the country but right. they're gonna there's day one day two and day three picks on here yes i don't think there's they a don't single, play as i don't one. think well, I don't think it's that. I think that, A, the offensive line, which arguably is one of the most important groups, if not the most important group in mm-hmm. football, mm-hmm. It, I don't know if they suck or if it's just an effort thing and they hate that Kelly Williams is getting all the hype and they're not. But you don't have a reason to give hype, right? Like, uh-huh. this, seriously, this UCF, UCF, UCF. USC. <laughs> well, USC offensive line is terrible. Yeah. And then the defense – they don't play good either. No, it's 
They're very. When awkward. I said they don't play as one, I meant like they don't play as one oh, yeah. cohesive unit. Like yeah. they do not. This team does not gel well together. I almost and there's talent on the defense too. Like, like oh, Caleb Bullock, yeah. Mason Cobb, Jalen Smith, Gentry. Like there is talent on this defense. Bear Alexander. No one's. I think it's just. It's Colorado, man. Think about it. Colorado's the same way. It's, well, I don't think don't... it's that. I think it's your point with James Franklin. Miss your yes, that, Oh, no, yeah. And we've missed. already covered that. Yeah. And Lincoln Riley's a problem. This guy does not have the right guys in place. And I don't, I really question his ability as a head coach. The guy, not only just his decisions in the X's and O's department, but look, well, it he's is, still giving this, like, this defensive coordinator should be gone. Well, it's weird because he does not make any of the players available. And I heard, shout out to Cover Three, the beat writer for USC who's been covering the team for 15 years said it's really weird that players are not allowed to go to the press conferences after the game to talk with the media. Mm-hmm. Tell me, man, there's things that there's this locker room. I can't imagine it. I really can't. And this coach, this is going to be, this, a, this is one of those, this, even though it, Lincoln stays or not, I feel like we see a lot of these guys leave. I think oh, there's 1000%. I think 1, that there just percent. needs to be, they need to take the Roomba. Clean every clean everything up. There you go. Get just get That's a great reference. Just get this get this Dude, all cleaned you, you up. You just gotta figure this out, man. It's you I gotta clean. I don't, see USC, I don't see USC like completely spiraling. Well, like, no, I don't. I don't think this. Team, just, yeah, but, I don't think this is gonna be like you know they're not gonna have the fall of Nebraska, but no, this is like I think if they want to be elite and really there needs to be some. I think they're just going through an identity crisis right now. I think that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. This team Absolutely. does not have an identity whatsoever. They're going to have a hard time getting recruits outside of the skill positions, but, but. Are they really, though? Like, they're in California. Like, it's beautiful weather. No, no, I and I agree with that. But once I think, again, it's like, like they're in the Big Ten now, which is also going to change a little bit of the dynamic of, like, yeah, you're going to probably play in some pretty crappy weather and. Yada yada. If you want, if you don't yeah, but you're also going to be playing arguably at the highest level of football. No, exactly, exactly. It's just, I think they've had a hard. I think they're going to have a hard time recruiting non-skill position players until they can show changes. And I that think could literally come like that. The second yeah, they well, say, "Hey, we're going to get a new D coordinator," you're going to get you're going to get great edge rushers. You're going to get guys interior guys, linebackers. I think this is going to be. I think if you're USC. And Duke did a good job of this. Texas has kind of done a good job of this. Utilization of transfer portal guys on defense. Yep. I think yep. that's just I think that's just the way you gotta go. We like you got Bear Bear, Bear Alexander and you got Mason Cobb, but like seriously, like more than half your guys might have to be through the transfer portal. Like yep. if you're gonna have starters. Dude, this thing is the I, it's not thing. yeah, it's I don't know. We'll we'll I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see because USC's they're basically after this episode. Like I don't know how much we really talk about them, like until right. the off season. So. Right, because I either we're gonna see Caleb Williams do it. I mean, what he might do, and that is sit out, or he's just gonna be playing at a mediocre level. Yeah, he's He's taking a step down. He's taking the escalator down back to the right. First like floor. we're not gonna see this guy in New York. Like that's just not gonna happen. Which is fine. He already got his yeah. trophy. Um. My but my thing is to Caleb Williams is he's literally done everything possible. What does he have to prove at this exactly? Point? And the only thing that it shows if he the only questions it answers about the kid if he does sit out 
is that this team is not gelled. There's no chemistry and that he might actually be a little more selfish than people were trying to give him credit or trying to like say he wasn't. And that's fine. That's fine. Because in the NFL, they're all the divas still, you know, Oh, they still exist and they still exist, but they still make money and teams still want them around. That's not going to be a problem. I think Caleb has just done everything to this point. Because yes. this is a like it'd be different if like USC didn't have any expectations other than Caleb Williams being good. But this was supposed to be a college football playoff team. Yeah, and you don't make the college football yeah. playoff off one player. You no, got you don't. This is a freaking team game. There's 22 and, guys that yes. there's 22 guys that play on both sides. Like, it's and we just, talked about at the beginning of this thing. You win this national title winner, like whoever is the national championship this year. It's one of the most legit national titles you'll ever get well, because this unless, is one of the yeah. Unless Michigan gets in, <laughs> and it just it gets very, very, very But what I'm just saying is, like whoever does end up winning this thing, as long as it's not Michigan, as sad as that is to say, it's a legit one because the the competition from one to fifteen man is great. Like this, there's so many great teams. So many well, great yeah, teams aren't even all, ranked. And all these conferences are super deep as well. Super deep, man. Like, the fact that you don't make the conference championship as a ten as a ten and two team, like LSU might not, but that still probably would hold their own in the playoff. That's why it's getting expanded. Yeah. But like we said, you win this four team one. I, in my opinion, it's one of the most legit ones as long as you're not sign stealing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh, make jokes about it because. <laughs> It's the only coping mechanism. <laughs> we'll talk about it more, don't we'll, you worry? We'll, I got, we'll, we'll get I got into a lot it. Prepared. Yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get into it. Uh Florida State Duke is the next game we got to talk about. This game was honestly like if Riley Leonard plays this whole thing at maximum health, they'd probably lose. What Duke would lose or Florida State? No, Florida State. Yeah, okay, I was gonna say this Duke Florida was up State in this team game. Is not good. Ry- R- Riley Leonard was rolling, even being hurt. This, I, I really wish. Like, I hope we get a rematch of this because I would. I, that would be something I'm. I'm would pay. I'd pay for. Like, I'd go to that game. Like, oh, dude, because. Duke is such a cool story because not only are they they were like some underdog school that just never really is they're not one of the blue buds bloods right but Riley Leonard's a great talent but it's like this team is actually so complete like this defense is so good and they put that on full display dude it's hard when you don't have that production is one of the like he's a solid running back for sure too oh absolutely man that's what I'm saying this is a complete football team from. Like all 22 guys play super well together with Riley Leonard at the helm. This team is dangerous. This team will knock off ranked teams left and right. And we well, did not get to see that yeah. sadly when they played both of the two best, the two best teams that they'll play all year. Yeah. And I mean, it sucks that, uh, Belen, you know, there's like Riley Leonard is the best player on this team. He's mm-hmm. the best player listed on this roster. Mm-hmm. You see the impact from when he's in, he doesn't even play great statistically, but the impact he has, being at the helm, like I think all the guys just buy in and trust him on offense. Yes. And, and yes. then when Beelan comes in the game, it's like, oh, we forgot like what football is completely about. We don't know what to do. You score zero points in the second half when Leonard comes out of the game. Like there is such a significant difference 
his impact level and NFL teams really better be watching this because this kid is really legit. Oh, this is like, a locker room piece at the least. Yeah, this is a like great he, locker room addition. He might not the be least. the great greatest NFL quarterback because I don't think his style necessarily translate the greatest. Yeah. But we're he doesn't even him. have the Purdy style where yeah. it's like. I don't even know what to think of Brock Purdy after will, that, that game. Kid was, <laughs> that kid was running around concussed. Yeah. Like hey, some of the decisions that were made. No, but I also think that like this was good for Florida Florida State too. Mm-hmm. And this is they're kind of like Bama. They don't play a complete game, but they once again, even with some doubt in the back of people's minds, you know, everything's not going going uh, going according to game script. They still get it done, and they got this one done convincingly. I know Leonard comes out, but regardless, like this Florida State team's good, man. And I'm real. I do believe that this might be one of the teams. They're probably going to come out of the ACC as champions. Like now that my thoughts mm-hmm. on North Carolina have been reevaluated, yeah. And I like I think they're both good on both sides of the ball too. Like they shut down offenses when they need to, mm-hmm. and they get it done. I'm, I'm very excited to see what this team does. This team's got such a high ceiling, like you said. If they can play a p- complete football game like they did against LSU, we saw this in fire. They didn't even play a complete game against LSU. But that's the most complete game they've played. Yeah, I will agree on that. So we see their capabilities, their ceiling. When will they put it together? Who knows? That's all up to the guys in that team and that coaching staff. However, when they they struggle, man, when this team is not rolling, it's a struggle bus. They don't have anything that they can just go to and be reliant on that's just going to get them by. And as the later half of this season goes in November and going into December, man, you have to be at your best. You have to be firing at the most efficient rate you can be firing at because teams like Duke, teams like – I mean, I don't even know who they meet. This is probably they, the team that they meet. Actually, they, they, they finish this season actually very, very well. Uh, they play Wake Forest. That's yeah, they play Forest, much, no, and then isn't it? Pitt. They've already played them. Uh, Miami's a team that could get it done against them. Absolutely. And then and Florida, then, we just know that there's there's the possibility. Like, I mean – it's, I don't. I don't know. Florida State's run defense has really not been that good all season. That's what I'm Florida's, saying. Florida's and one it's of those in teams. the swamp. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, that I doesn't really affect. Really... That really wouldn't affect their college football playoff chances if they still end up winning the ACC championship, regardless. But right, right, because this team luckily survived all of their. Yeah, and that, I think I think that that's really good for them. They survived against LSU, Clemson, now Duke. You know, you have a convincing win it's over. Yeah, I'm just your, talking even like the yeah. Boston College game. Like yeah, no, like, yeah. And I think, but this is kind of what I like from them. They've played almost in every single situation now. And yep, yep. That's what, and that's the thing that I really hate. Like, I've hated with Michigan, like, the past couple of years when they go into those big games because, yeah, they played on the big stage against Ohio State, and that's typically their hardest game, but they don't have, like – I. They, I actually when just... Michigan when Michigan gets off script in a big game, they kind of just throw their hands up like I don't know they forget to yeah. see, they and forget they, to and steal the sign. They can play off. They've shown <laughs> that they can. <laughs> they've shown they can play off script and make plays still against TCU. Like McCarthy did come out and really like just was going off the rip, making plays happen. Yeah. But 
I just had this thought too, if we're going to talk about this team, even on just a little bit more, like it actually scares me as a fan that <laughs> shut up with your little smirk. I see uh, as a fan, it's, it actually kind of concerns me that he hasn't played in the fourth quarter. Cause you, it's, you have to play complete games. Man. Well, right. It, and the endurance, like all of it, it's like how much <laughs> I can't talk about this team anymore. I'm not. I'm gonna just bite my tongue and bring them up. This sucks. Is this what you guys feel like? Is this what you MSU fans feel like? Gosh, this sucks. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh yeah, no, never mind. Yeah, because no. you're just a I, joke. I, you're a meme now. Like, <laughs> a, my, my freaking hey, team can, is a meme. We can uh, we can go to Harper's and us. Uh, and embrace our pain together. There we go. Uh, All right. Campus of Michigan State. One more game before we talk about what we've been laughing about throughout (laughs) this podcast. Uh, UCF, Oklahoma, and we'll briefly mention the UVA, North Carolina games, and the, uh, what was the other game? And uh, Washington, Arizona State. Mm -hmm. But I watched this game, and kind of to the thing with Riley Leonard, like, when UCF has John Rice Plumley, this team is like if Plumley didn't play baseball at UCF, like this kid would be playing on a bigger stage. And mm-hmm. I mean, no discredit to UCF, but like they're really just they're not gonna have like the players to get and put a guy around like put guys around John Rice Plumley to really maximize his potential. Like Oklahoma's good, and yes, they don't have Anthony. Andrew Anthony for the rest of the season Eve either. So, but this receiving core still good for you and mm-hmm. Nick Anderson, Stoops. Like, there's still guys on this receiving core that I really like. I really do like their run game. But yeah, I love their run game. Those guys run so hard, man. They're not getting talked about enough. And I think, but like I said, Oklahoma, they've been a weird team all year. We're, mm-hmm. we're not most people in the country aren't convinced this is a college football playoff team. They're not like, this is a team that doesn't get talked about enough from it, even after beating a really good Texas team. And it's kind of games like this where you kind of leave your head scratching. Like what is the max potential? What is the highest ceiling? Like, are they a 30 foot story building or do they have more floors? To build upon? Yeah. yeah. Like it's almost, it's, it's really weird. And I see it. I think there's guys everywhere. I think their defense is legit enough, too. Absolutely. But this schedule, man, like, you're going to get some tests throughout the next three weeks. I think in the next three weeks, maybe not so much West Virginia because you had that game at home, but Kansas and Oklahoma State, especially Oklahoma State, because they're pissed that you're going to the SEC and this might not be a rivalry game anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. This is going to be interesting to see. It's going to be. The casual college football fan watches Oklahoma play for the first time against Texas, and they see Dylan Gabriel have the performance he does, and they're like, holy cow, this kid's unbelievable. Put him in the Heisman conversation, like throwing his name around like he's some god. And I just like – with fans like us who watched pretty much this kid play, watched his team play all year, followed them all year, we knew that that was like a very – fluky like oh, it wasn't wow, fluky it was it, just it, it, it was the best game you're ever exactly. gonna see from him exactly it was his it was the cherry on top of his freaking career like he will talk about the game for the rest of his life yeah. he actually is not played he is not that good he's not going to consistently i mean he's, with that. he's a fine college quarter yep. fine college quarterback but this is once again like you just said this is not a team 
that plays in the college football playoff. This is not a team capable of it. I think if Quinn Ewers comes back or never gets hurt, they don't beat Texas again. You because Dylan Gabriel played the greatest game of his entire football career, and, and Texas Quinn Ewers has arguably the, played his worst. Yeah, of this it, season. they had three turnovers in that game. Uh, yeah, like what we said when we talked about it. Uh, not too long ago, I said this is probably going to be the worst performance from Texas, and it was still only a four-point game. And, right. yes, Oklahoma is still a really good football team. I think they're yes. still a top-10 team, but there's levels to this, man. And when such you're, a great when, saying. When you're, on, when you're on the highest level, you don't get into a situation where it comes down to a two-point conversion against the team, yes, like, yes, Rice Plumley. like if he played for Oklahoma, it'd be very fun to watch. But that's just not the case here. UCF's not a very good team. We've seen it throughout the season. They blew a 28-point lead to Baylor. Or was it the other way around? I can't remember. Either way, I, I, I know what you're trying to say. Was, yeah, they blew that lead to Baylor. I was correct. Yeah. Okay. Like, they're coming off a losses. They came off losses to Kansas State, Baylor, and Kansas. And you still let them fight. And yes, they don't have Reese Plumley. And I think I seriously like Reese Plumley, one of the most underrated kids in college football. Like, yes. If you, if you have not watched his kids' highlights or watched if, his kids UCF was the top twenty-five team last year, and it was specifically because of him. Yeah, Harvey, watch this kid play. Bowser. It, like, He's ridiculous. Yeah, like the back, the UCF backfield is really freaking good. So he's a great baseball player too. Yeah, great so. baseball player. But uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say about this other than that. Like, I still don't think they make the playoff. I don't. I I think this team is gonna slip up. Yeah, I mean, and they still got a big like. Uh, if voters see like it depends really if they do make the Big Twelve championship game, which it's more likely that they're going to than they're not. Yeah, I don't think they slip up twice. I just yeah. I think KU. But I'm and saying State it really ball. like if they were to lose that game, it really would have to show if they get freaking steamrolled. And Texas just like Xavier Worthy has like 300 receiving yards, and like Quinn Ewers just has the game. No, it's gonna or be Malik Blake. Murphy. Murphy. I mean, Actually, Malik Murphy. How about the Manning kid? Let the Manning kid go out there. And no, do that. no, I don't. Get, I don't, I don't. Not only do I not. Like, I'm a very big Arch Manning hater, personally. So. Yeah, I'm not a hater. I just. I. Am. I don't think. I, a, I, I don't think a kid in that spot of his of his athletic caliber is not going to get it done. It just pisses me off that he gets a perfect grade because. I seriously don't believe it. Come on. Nepotism is real, man, everywhere. Well, yeah. And this is one of the biggest forms of it. Yeah, he's not should he's not gonna be Shador. That that's my no, and it's it's the same thing like I'm not even gonna get into basketball right now, but it's the same thing with freaking Bronny. Yeah. Bronny it, No, that's actually that's exactly how it is. Exactly. Bronny's good though. Bronny is good, but he's Bronny's a not... good basketball player. But like the fact that his name is even getting tossed around with LeBron, it's like shut up, please. Like Bryce might be better too. Uh, speaking of LeBron, did that game yesterday pissed me off with uh, the the Dude, I was gonna Cole comment Jokic. on the hat. I had <laughs> Cole Jokic is so good, man. I've I've actually been watching the start of the NBA season. It's been very entertaining. Wow, so I forget you're an NBA fan. Yeah, Chris Dops, crazy. Uh yeah. I mean, same things with Arizona State and uh, Washington. Arizona State and Washington. That game, I think it's just a big fluke. I think that. Actually, like, do you think it's a fluke? Because Joel Platt made a great point. 
And I want to bring. I think it's. Point. I think it's just a hangover effect at this point. Like. Yeah, that, that's, that's kind of what Joel said. Yeah, I think that's honestly what it really is. I think that they also just didn't realize that Arizona State like had a pulse defensively and like can play football. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they just. They came out with the win at the end of the day. That's all I really care about. Totally unlike the North, unlike the North Carolina team, which if I was Drake May, I would be very pissed at my receiving room. I'd be cutting the, cutting the or pulling the plug on the season and just say, "Let's, I proved myself. Let's get ready." I'll go train in Dallas. I'll go play with right. other guys. Like as much as I hate to say that, because you don't like to see the big name superstars in the game sit it out. It's just like you also want to see these kids play in the NFL. Drake, you don't want to like, watch a Jake Butt situation or just yeah. like a situation where these kids get hurt and then they tanks their career like we say it with caleb and if i was drake may i'd be pissed your receivers just like he had like a 50 something completion percentage but that's not his fault whatsoever i think like there were so many drops like if some of these passes are on target or completed and like this is going to really bring up the conversation of should he have transferred to alabama or another big games or big name school in the offseason yeah, it, it that question is going to loom over his head for a long time. Looking back on his college career, but, but it's probably once again, gonna nobody's going to talk about it because as long as that kid plays well in the NFL, yeah, his time think, at UNC will be forgotten. Yeah, and I think honest, I mean, it won't be forgotten by us by the casual football fan. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I'm like, I'm one of the biggest Drake May fans. Like, because like, people don't like think about this. Nobody talks about at least, like you said, the casual football fan, the people that really don't watch college football in depth, nobody talks about the college career of Patrick Mahomes. But, dude, that kid was unreal. Yeah, no, if he, was if a he really didn't good... go off, like normal college football fans would not have remembered the, the showdown right. between him and Baker Mayfield. Right, the yeah, highest exactly. stat game. Like, that only yeah, nobody cares about Ba-, no one up. cares about Baker's college career. No one cares about Kyler Murray's college career. No yeah. one even cares about it's Justin ta- but Fields. But it's talked about a little bit more than Patrick Mahomes, but it just shows that, like, yeah, it really does matter what you do when you play on Sundays, and as long as you get there and can perform at that level. But if he doesn't, it will loom over his head for the rest of his life. What if that kid played at a bigger school? Yeah, just like what if Zach Wilson never made an off-platform thrown in a pro day? <laughs> what if Michigan never stole signs? Speaking of st- sign stealing, hey! what the hell is happening in Ann Arbor? Robbie, it's, you're this definitely... Is, this is a dumpster fire. This is an absolute dumpster fire, ladies and gentlemen. For all you fans out there that are Michigan fans, especially the big of one as me, this is catastrophic. Um. Jim Harbaugh will never coach, in my opinion, at the University of Michigan ever again after this. And that is not because Ward Manuel fires him. That is because I think he truly is hit his point, hit his limit. He's done with the NCAA because even if they don't complete this investigation or it comes out to be not as bad as they think, the NCAA is kind of after this guy for right reasons. He speaks out against it a lot. He does a lot of things that are very questionable. He loves to you know, enter into the gray area in terms of the rule book. And he loves to point out the fact that, you know, they're cheating and recruiting and yada, yada. And so this is his way of kind of countering that. He's like, I'm not going to cheat in that sense, but I'm going to find my loopholes. I do not like, though, as a fan, and I'm going to I'm gonna be very blunt and honest because I'm a true fan of this game, not just of a team. If he comes out and says in the press conference, I have of no knowledge that there's been any illegal sign stealing and the the rumors are true that they have found 
that there's a budget for this, that other coaches are talking about this, that they're sending interns out. I'm sorry, but if Harbaugh doesn't know about that, I don't know how much I believe of that. But even if it's true, it is your responsibility as the head coach of a football program to know what's going on with your other staff members. So that's embarrassing. And the, the most embarrassing part, man, is just like you built something that everybody came to watch. Michigan fans are at an absolute peak. 2021 was one of the greatest moments I can remember as a Michigan fan because I went through the eras of Brady Hope yeah, and I mean, Rich Ryan. And just this like, team, like this decade, Michigan has been, or. No, it's this decade. Been, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. This decade, the 2020s, other than the COVID season, Michigan's been a very good team throughout so far their yeah. history. Yeah, it's just 10 like, years ago, when you have guys like Devin Gardner playing, and yeah. Devin Gardner does great stuff for Big Ten. I'm not going to discredit him. But Shout out to that guy. In terms of his play and his play with Michigan and everything that went up. Man, we were watching Shane team. Morris, freaking Devin Gardner. We were watching Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson. Not even He's talking. all right. But like Wilton Spate, like just guys like that. It's like the last good memory I had was Denard. And yeah, to think that there. to think about that is just like in, then the little moments that like Jabril Peppers had, but even then it just wasn't as good because they weren't success. There's so much success right now, and it's like wow, we're looking at a team, we're looking at a season right now. JJ McCarthy's the leading odds getter for the Heisman. We're the leading odds getter to win the national championship. Like the whole thing is falling apart in the right way. Like the cookies crumble in our way, and then it's like and I read I I I follow this team so much more than probably a lot of true fans think. And I'm on Reddit and there's an Ohio state insider who called out when I think it was when Ohio state had their big issue or somebody had an issue. And he's like, Hey, like I got one of these nuggets again, something's going to come out about Michigan. That's going to completely destruct or like just deconstruct this program and just take away a a bunch of validity to everything they've been doing. Read that. Two days before it happened, did not say anything of it. I'm like, oh, Ohio State hater, right? Then this comes out. So there was the anxiety, and then the anxiety came true. And then we were seeing that, you know, the results of Connor Stallion maybe being this is a solo act. Maybe he actually, you know, maybe Harbaugh didn't know. Maybe this guy's a psychopath when the 550-page document comes out about Michigan's manifesto. And then the new evidence. And it seems like it's almost every hour the Washington Post release that they found everything on the computer and you're just like, holy cow, this is getting worse. Apparently there's new stuff coming out tomorrow. That's going to be even worse. As a fan, I'm embarrassed. I can't defend this because even if, and I'm not saying that Michigan's wins against Ohio state, Penn state and success overall is all because of sign stealing. Because if you truly think about it, you still got to play the game. Right. And, that's and they what it, only that's have exactly. two big wins. And I love Deion Sanders comment. Like you can mail me your game plan and I still have to go on the field or my players still have to go on the field and get it done against you. Did you hear his but, comment about Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith? I did. He not. said, he said, man, you knew we were handing the rock off to Emmett Smith. You knew Michael Irvin was running the comeback route. He said, you still got to stop it. He said, I can tell you what's coming. You still got to stop. And that's true. It's very true. But that's not what I'm talking about. You're taking away the integrity of the game, man. Like, you just lost all validity. You are now a meme. We just ruined this. Like, in my opinion, if this goes to the state of 
the Big Ten doesn't allow us to play in the game, which I don't know if that happens. But Harbaugh's gone after this. Recruits aren't going to want to come to this because their parents are going to really question how much this success does matter about that. It leaves so many question marks, and it just kills me because it's like this thing was about to be built into an app. This was the beginning of a dynasty yeah. that we're never going to get to see, in my opinion. And it's going to be a 30 for 30, and there's going to be a lot of documentaries oh, that come absolutely. along with this in about five years. We're going to see we're going to see the untold. Yep. And this, like, it's a crazy situation, and everything, everyone's going to look back on this in about 10 years and be like, this was either the thing that like we're going to laugh at like with the Astros and say ha 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 could you met can you remember the times when we thought that the Astros were only good because they were stealing signs and then they won the World Series and everyone shut up about it or is this are we going to look back in 10 years and be like holy cow remember when they were stealing signs and Harbaugh finally was good and then now look at them like they still have yet to recover we're in the same su- position as Michigan State be very successful with the Bears I don't know what you're talking about dude I okay this brings me into my next point like, how do you recover from this? Like, if he's coming out and he's really lying, what NFL team wants that? What? Who wants this guy right now? He Not because of his ability, but, dude, he is carrying – like, this is diva material. Yeah. Like, you carry a bad it, – it's just not good. It's just yeah. so bad, man. And I and feel for these players because now because... you question player ability. I question the fact of what is the true punishment and what's really yeah. going to come out of this. Yes. yes. And if the Michigan wants to at least finish out this season, what are they going to have to do with Big Ten Commissioner Patini, get everything figured out? Because if they really want to finish the season and not have any problems with like, you know, fan bases and boosters and everything like that coming from other teams and people yeah. supporting the big and funding the Big Ten. What is going to be what is going to be the for now punishment? Like what coordinator is going to have to get let go? What guy is going to take what guy is basically going to take one for the team? So if if in my opinion, if Harbaugh doesn't go and truly bleeds amazing blue as much as he claims he does, which if he does, you will ride this thing out with this team. You will rise with this team and you will fall with this team. But so if he does that. Everyone that's in on that, and he if he does not know anything about it, everything, everyone that's in on this Google Drive shared thing where they're all talking about it, funding it, whatever, all those guys got to go. And you really – you can't put a you know a limit or a what if on, oh, if it's Sharon. Or, no, every one of them has got to go because that's showing, hey, I'm taking responsibility. I'm taking ownership that I did not – I did not take when I did not know this was going on. And then I, in my opinion, the second thing is, is you just got to – like. The most important thing now, win the whole fucking thing. Win the whole thing. Yeah, that, like you I said, this, this is the last – it's just got to be a last dance. That's you, what you, it's got to be. You got to win this thing. You cannot lose. <laughs> and you got to win convincingly. Like, you have to show – Shout out to out. Josh Pate, by the way. I really liked his uh, his comment yes. on that. Yeah, dude, like, come out and just do the – you got to win the national championship. I don't care. At that point, it doesn't matter. If an asterisk put next to it, if you get it vacated, to show that at least shows character, it shows heart, and that's how you still win these recruits over. But I mean, you still have all the signs. Yeah, I think it's going to change, and this is going to promote a very different. uh, This is going to promote a big thing, especially with the big dogs in college football. 
the argument against this is that the radio comms inside the helmets, the only reason why yes. they haven't done it is one, because you know all these other coaches are doing it as well. Michigan's just kind of taking the heat for it. And yeah, the and they were they went the dumbest possibility this could come out about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my thing is is that Michigan's Michigan was just very dumb how they went about it. Like they kind of made. Well, we don't know about we don't know that yet because this is the this is the whole problem with all of this is that okay. Michigan is such a polarizing character in the terms of college football that of course Ohio State players are going to come out and say yeah we knew this was happening. And the other part about it is is that Jim Harbaugh is such a polarizing figure in college football. I think it's been commented on multiple times that this guy does not have a lot of friends in the coaching area in right. the coaching world, right? So. The, the rumors going around right now, and I'm going to preface this once again, these are all rumors, but that this was an inside job that guys like Josh Gaddis could have released this. Guys like um, oh, just yeah, any inside sure. guy that's gone around, even they're even saying maybe, like, I don't, I, I once mean, again, the, these are rumors, but like, Ward so doing Allegedly doing it, and it's allegedly against the bylaws, so they do kind of have to conduct an investigation on it. But like I said, this they're just the only team that's got caught doing this. Exactly. And honestly, and, and that's honestly, that's kind of like you're not going to probably because I mean, we probably know with the Astros, like there's a plenty of other teams that, you know, we're probably doing it in the MLB for well, years. Yeah, we, figured upon the, we figured out that the, the Red Sox were doing it and that Cora. And so then you you, you can you can start. But it, led to, it, it's starting to lead the change. And that's what I hope what comes with yes. it. Yes, it, what Matt Rule talked about. Yeah, this is this is what's got to happen. And the only reason why it hasn't is what I was getting at to earlier. A, every other coach is doing it as well. Or mostly, if you're a big-time program, every other coach is doing this as well. You're in those meeting rooms and being like, yeah, this is a good idea. But when you have the athletic directors go talk to the commissioners and the people running the pro or running the funding and making the rules and, you know, getting all these things into place, you tell them, I don't know if we really want this because, you know, everyone just loves to steal signs. I guess, I guess it's just every, uh, I guess it's what they like for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't know, but, <laughs> but well, it's because they, they're in, I was listening to uh, Danny Cannell talk about this a little bit and he's like, we got, so it would be a nice, beautiful day, and we'd go practice in the bubble because we were worried that someone across from the hotel of the practice facility was watching us run practice and trying to steal our plays. Like, it's just been a big problem. If you listen to a lot of people that have been inside of the college football or just the football world in general at the higher levels, like, you're so worried that these guys are coming over and watching your practices and trying to gather mm -hmm. intel because everyone wants that competitive advantage and everyone wants to win that badly, right. which is really good to see because if you don't want to win that badly, you shouldn't be absolutely at, at that I, spot. I've right? always been on the board of, like, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, man. And there's just a gray area to it. Now, if you're going to the extremes that the Astros were going, because in terms of sign stealing and, and football, yes, I truly don't think it matters as much as literally knowing what pitch is coming and where. Oh, like, yeah. That is so much different in terms of baseball. And then you look at the Patriots with deflating the footballs. Like, it's such a little thing. Spygate even. It's such a – it's, but it's it not as big of a thing. It all comes – Honestly, at the end of the day, it all make it makes the sport better at the end of the it day. It does because what Harbaugh actually is doing in the grand scheme of things is he's exploiting a gray area in the NCAA rules. That's why this thing may not actually be as bad 
and turn out as bad in terms of punishment wise because the NCAA really might have been lacking. Yeah, in terms but of they the- also punished him with a four game sp- suspension because of a cheeseburger. So, right. No, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. It's like you go back and you look at like the recruiting violations with Clemson. Um, Dude, every just, single school has had recruiting violations. Ole Miss, Tennessee, like right. all these and programs. This, it's, that's the thing about Michigan football is that I hate is like I love Harbaugh. I think he's done a great job at Michigan, and guys literally love this man. So you, I have you have to root for him as a fan of Michigan. But it's like, dude, you are so unliked by them. So like, why would you even touch it? I don't get that. Why would you even touch this? Because the NCAA is like watching you so closely. Like, they don't want to see you win. They're like, the one that signed stealing with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, it's just I. I it sucks. It sucks so I, bad because honestly, this year was the I dream. Just, the dream was happening right in front of my eyes. As a fan. right now, I mean, obviously, Michigan's probably not going to do it for the rest of the season. So, no. or you don't think they would, but you don't think they would. And also, it's like by this point in time, everyone's changing the signs. Uh, Connor Stallion did not get to go to the Penn State Ohio State game. He probably I don't know how much he he's watched. never gonna have a job involved with college football probably ever again. Either. He shouldn't have had a job in the first place. This guy's a psychopath, man. Yeah. Like truly, he's on he's on record doing some crazy stuff with his manifesto thing. And it's just like you're too obsessed. And there's obsession's a good thing until it's not until it's on health. Passion is a good thing until it turns into obsession. Yeah. Um he disconnected <laughs> Robbie over here. He's been a technical nightmare all night. Yeah. Anyway, so but the last thing to say is, yeah, sorry, Michigan was trying to steal my uh steal my signs. They're they're coming into the intercoms now. This they're they figured out now, like since they can't steal like the cardboard signs, like they know the radios coming into the headsets are coming. Yeah, in. they're still in the frequency. Now they're taking my frequency. But anyways, man, the the last point I'll make is as someone who we kind of have, a, this is kind of our, like, not our job. It's our hobby, but we want it to be our job. It will be our job one day. This is gold, man. This is fun. To, it's, it's fun to cover because it's like something new every single day. You're getting to see really what the direction of this program is going to be in the next five years. So it sucks as a fan, but as a as someone who reports it as an analyst, you're like, gosh, this is it doesn't get better than this. Yeah. This and, creates great storyline, yeah, creates and- great hype. And then, yeah, I mean, this is just this is just what's going to come along with it. And my honest opinion, it was going to happen with someone. Michigan's just yes. the one that's just going to take the heat. And we're yep. going to see a lot come out. And when there's a docu-series release, we're like, oh, yeah, we did this too. Oh, yeah, we did this too. So oh, that's yeah, kind of that. that's exactly what it's going to be. Like, it, it's just they're kind of. This is going to be like of the level. Like, I, this reminds me already of like what the Johnny football series was like and like just how much we learned about him and how much he was, he's willing to expose like once it's over, like that's what we're going to get to see. Yeah. That's exactly what we're going to get to see. And especially because I truly do think this team's going to win the national championship. Like this team's pissed off. Yeah. Like, Like, and they are good enough. Like they are talented enough to actually do it. And, Let's see, and it would see. They, really they win it, man. They're definitely making a docu series. It's going to be a great thirty. And then 30. their championship's going to get vacated. Yep. And, and then we're going to yeah, not even yeah, get the championship, and whatever. And but it also brings to the that. point of, you know, Kansas literally had a fucking FBI investigation on their basketball team. They keep their national championship, and Bill himself just has to stay at home and watch a movie with the kids for a couple of games. So. 
dude, it it truly you don't under you don't know, but yeah. the amount of evidence that is just getting poured, it's like oh frick. Yeah, I it's just because there's no. I just don't want to see a. I don't want to see well, a yeah. bull ban. I don't want to see I, like you can bull ban us next year, but dude, just let this thing finish out. Like, yeah, I I, it's just it's gonna be very interesting to see because there's no set punishment on this, right? And no, like sign, steal signing or stealing signs is not illegal. It's the way you do it, and even then, there's no punishable. Act, there's no punishment listed in the rule book. Not yet. Well, I don't think it. Also, I don't think it ever. They thought when they re- wrote this rule 29 years ago that it was gonna ever come to this. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's right. it's gonna be interesting to see how seriously they really do take this. But it looks how like fast it develops. Too. Yeah, it looks like that this is gonna the more that it goes on, the less good news yeah. that comes out of this. So I just made it to it. I said uh it was fun while it lasted because <laughs> truly man I like I don't expect this team to be competitive next year because of what the damage this will do. Not even in just in terms of punishments, but just because we're gonna see both coordinators go uh, probably head coach is gone, and if one of those head coaches, if one of those coordinators doesn't take over this head coaching vacancy, and you're probably sending 15 to 20 guys to the draft, like this is the end, man. That's why I just want to see him win it, no matter if it's going to have an asterisk next to it or not. It sucks, but it's the, it's the nature. It's the nature of this game, man. And like you said, everyone wants to win, and everyone's doing everything to have the competitive advantage, whether it's you're paying your recruits millions or you are sending your $55,000 salary, just absolute hothead about Michigan football to 30 plus games and telling him to record it on his phone. Whichever way you're doing it, it works. It's working. Was working. Yeah, it was. The pain recruits thing is working though. That might be our next next, uh, play because now that, you know, we can't, Hey, paying recruits, as long as you say it's NIL. That's as long as you say it's NIL and as long as uh, your name is Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> then you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> this is the Engage A Podcast. Thank you for listening to us. Definitely two of the most entertaining people on the planet Earth. Come on, you're just going to keep seeing us at least two times a week. Going to be three with these college football playoff rankings coming soon. Let's go, baby. You- as long as Robbie doesn't uh no as long as you know I just stop falling asleep at the wheel uh my computer doesn't I wasn't gonna yeah Robbie Robbie is just the he's the he's the child that you he like he's that kid that's always going to the principal's office because of (laughs) shit okay (laughs) but uh, but at the same time I have everything together like you know we're we're getting great grades we got oh yeah he's got a 4.0 GPA you know very Loved yeah, around the school, very good athlete. He's just a retard. He's just, he's just, he he's just things don't always fall the right way. You gotta have your yeah. faults. <laughs> you know, you take take what cards you're given, and I wasn't dealt some of the best cards in terms of luck. Oh, maybe it's just a Michigan thing. It's a Michigan thing, man. <laughs> it's a Michigan thing. Thank you for listening to us. Please follow our socials. See you tomorrow. You know when we get this preview show of week nine. Yes, sir.